and welcome to the Clovis Sports Report podcast. We're super excited about this podcast. This is this is something that we've had in the works for for a few months here, if not longer. Uh, we're very excited to bring this to you. Um, this is episode number one, the inaugural edition of the Clovis Sports Report podcast. My name is Paul Metters. I'm here with Austin Kemp, A.K. Austin. How you feeling over there? I'm here and I'm ready to go. I feel like this is like a long time coming. Like we talked about doing this podcast um, like in baseball season-ish and then maybe over summer, but there was just like a never really a good time to start and then the pandemic hit, but hey, we're here and we're ready to rock and roll a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, th- this equipment, the microphones that I bought, all the equipment was literally ready to go in March. Yeah, like it was sitting in boxes and we did like test runs in like may and a test run in july we had some we had some issues and then um i don't know like I, th- I feel like we were waiting for football season to come around and then it was delayed but hey we're uh we're finally getting to it and i think it's going to be a good experience no it is and, and honestly i think this is a perfect time to launch the podcast for a lot of reasons so first of all i mean podcasts are hot right now a lot of people are listening to podcasts i think it's kind of the media of the future so to speak um but you know, we're in unprecedented times. That's how many times has that been uttered in the last, you know, seven, eight months of, of our lives here with the pandemic. But this is a great time to launch it. People are, are really needing good stories, good content, something to be distracted by, something to look forward to. So, you know, that's that's one of the reasons I think why why this is a good time to launch the podcast. But, you know, people need it, Austin. People are ready for, for sports. Obviously, football is going for college and the NFL and, and, you know, the NBA started up. But, you know, this is a time that uh, that uh, that people need it and the kids need it. The kids need a, a place to shine as well. So we're hoping to bring a lot of good stuff on this podcast. Yeah. And like you said, like podcasts have been blowing up. Um, <clears throat> we still are doing our, our writing on the website and we're still going to continue to provide that all. Um, and some people prefer the writing, but I know there's a big chunk of people who also like listening to podcasts. You can listen to them anywhere. And um, it was just a good time to kind of uh, dip our toes into that game. Yeah, and if you guys weren't familiar, if this is like your first time finding out about the Clovis Sports Report and the work that Austin and I do, um, started the, the website um, in August of last year, right before football hit. And then Austin came on like right in the middle, right, of, in, uh, right before uh, track Right before started. track football started. Yeah, and it started with video. So we were making these uh, football preview videos, and then we ended up doing one a week uh, where we'd talk about the games that were played and the games that we went to, um, and then we would preview games. And that kind of that blew up. That was a good thing. We were getting some good feedback yeah, for that. Yeah, for sure. And like we started out in Paul's uh, in his kitchen table. <laughs> uh, we're still using the same kind of broken-down kitchen table, but now we're in his garage. So I don't know if that's a step up or step down. But um yeah, it was fun, and like it kind of kept evolving, and I kind of started to go with Paul full time. I was coaching uh, baseball at Buchanan, and uh, I've always liked the kind of the journalism side of covering sports, especially in Clovis, because it's where I was born and raised. And I went through the uh, schooling system in Clovis and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, it was it's been a blast. Yeah, but I'm already a little offended, Austin. You call this just a garage, so it's more than a garage. It's more it's, than a garage. Yeah. It's, it's a game room slash Star Wars memorabilia room. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is the first episode. So we got we got a few kinks to work out, I'm sure. And you know, our recording studio is being built right now. Um, actually, no, it's not. But uh, yeah, we're we're sitting in the in the Star Wars room. We're looking at Galaga and Miss Pac-Man and, and a couple things like that. Paul's got about I don't know. Um, He's got about a hundred boxes at least of action figures in here and four pinball machines, a Star Wars like Dave and Buster's type of game in here <laughs> with a, like a Pac-Man machine, all this stuff. It's unreal. So um, I guess it is more than a garage and it's it's a step up. I'll, it, I'll give that to okay. you in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a step up. But what we want to bring to you in this podcast is, uh, you know, we just want to shine a light on all these great student athletes out there. Um, we're going to be Clovis centric, so we're going to talk mostly about Clovis sports, but we're going to talk about all the D1 teams. So if you're from Central or Bullard or Edison or some of these D1 teams, we're going to be we're going to be talking about your teams too. So you know we're Clovis Sports Report, but we hope to be like the go-to for 
high school sports, especially for Division One, and and we're going to really break down stuff as well. We're not just be necessarily talking about scores and oh, you know, this player is super good, but we're going to give you reasons why. We're gonna we're gonna back some of these some of these statements up with stats or talking to coaches because we have really good relationships with coaches. So we hope to bring you a lot of the you know just the the, the deep dive, so to speak, of sports. Um, we're also hoping to get a lot of interviews. We're not quite sure how that's going to work yet, but you know we could do some through Zoom. Um, you could do some through telephone, and then and then put it on the podcast as well. But I I'm fascinated by coaches and what makes coaches tick, and how coaches you know got to the level that they're at, and kind of the evolution of their their mindset of co- of coaching. So. And maybe even get a few, you know, guys that have played professionally that are, that are from Clovis Unified or current guys that are playing D1 football. So we've got a lot of ideas. Yeah, we, and like Paul said, we want to do all the sports. Um, we want to be your go-to source. We have a long list of guests we're hoping to get on the podcast in the last, next few months as we kind of get closer to football. And then once basketball season comes around and baseball season, of course, um, I feel like those are the three kind of main sports we'll probably talk about but we definitely want to um, maybe get into like volleyball when it when it's time or water polo or you know just track and field stuff like that but um right now I think it's it's going to be probably mostly football basketball baseball um and we'll kind of try to extend as we can um as we get in kind of into the seasons yeah and speaking of seasons obviously we don't we're not going to go too much into pandemic stuff and our opinions on, on that because I'm sure you guys are getting hit over the head every day and we're, we're affected by it yes but um, you know it's it has affected all of us but and because of that our sports seasons and and our athletes have been definitely been affected but um, like I said earlier we we really want to shine a light on these kids and we want to be kind of like a go-between to to our listeners here um, and I, I think it'd be I think it'd be uh, pretty informative for everybody to kind of know a little bit about the schedule on what how, what time sports are starting. Because some people might even have questions about that. So if, if, if you have a kid that's on a football team, I mean, you kind of know. You know when football is going to start. But if you're interested in, in basketball, because I, I know a couple things have already changed since our July 17th, maybe, or 20th. I think around there was the first official documents sent out from from our central section CIF CIF on on when games can start and when practices can start so kind of want to give you guys a little bit of an overview of when all this is going to begin Um, so I'm looking here at our CIF central section um, document on uh, the sports calendar sent out by our section and our new commissioner Ryan Toss this has actually been updated on October uh, 27th so I think it's gone through a couple revisions. Um, so this is this is the latest version. So on the first contest date in December are going to happen for these sports. So cross country, water polo, volleyball, boys and girls are going to be playing at the same time. Um, and uh, lacrosse, and Clovis Unified doesn't play lacrosse, but those sports can start on those dates, on December 28th. Um, football can begin on January 7th. And those are, we're talking about games there. We're talking about they games. They can, yeah, there'll be practices starting in earlier in December, but like games, those are kind of the first day you can have an actual game. And the practice start date for those is December 9th. Uh, football is December 7th, right? Yeah. Correct. Football is December 7th. So that's when official practice can begin. And, and if you look at that, you're like, okay, football starting on December 7th. Practices first game, January seventh. Yep. So that's and, a month. And like I know, like the, that's the official start date for football practice. Let's say, but I mean, they're all the, all the football teams are out there right now practicing. All you got to do is drive by like Buchanan or Clovis West or Clovis North at three p.m. any day of the week, and you'll see there those teams are out there practicing right now. They're practicing, but very limited. So very there's, limited. There's definitely all the social distancing policies are in place. There, uh, there are masks out there by coaches. Um, they're in kind of pods. Obviously, there's no pads. They're not hitting each other yet. So, right. Yeah, so that's where they're at with that. Um, then we move on to... So that's considered fall, right? Um, and I forgot badminton. Badminton can start on uh, January 4th. 
and their practice can start on December 9th. So that's considered fall. Spring. Spring is now lumped together. So we yes. just have fall and spring. So there, there's nothing official in winter, I guess. So um, first contest date for soccer, tennis, swim and dive, wrestling, basketball is March 8th. Um, so I'm thinking about basketball, right? So basketball, the, the section championships are usually around that time. That our, our games that sell in the arena are usually around that time when the season's yeah. going to officially start. Um, so that's obviously all this has been pushed back and it's strange and our, our clocks, our internal clocks are all messed up. It's definitely one thing that a lot of us talk about is, you know, around this time, we, we would normally be in playoff time for football right well, now. Like, like the first round right now or so, something like that. Yeah. But um, that's crazy. We, we, when we would have had a season with perfect weather, too. Hey, I know it's gotten cold the last week or so, but, I mean, um, it would have been great weather this entire year for football season. I think it would have been. But remember when the fires were going on? True. I think Early in the year. Yeah. I think there might have been some issues with the fires. There might have yeah. been a few football games that would have been uh, postponed because of the fires. But, yeah, talking weather-wise, you know, I would text Austin sometimes, like Thursday night or, or sometimes during the day on Friday. It'd be like, dude, we were supposed to go to a football game on Friday. It would have been perfect weather. but yep. uh, <laughs> Not meant to be this year. No, it wasn't meant to be. Um, so baseball, March 15th is the first games uh, for baseball. No, yes, no, golf, sorry. March 15th for golf. Then we get into our baseball, softball, track and field, and cheer, and that is March 20th. Now, that's in red here on this form um, because that's been updated. I believe the start dates initially were March 27th. That seems right to me. Yes, it was. I'm trying to find the uh, actually the Clovis Unified School calendar for this year because it could be uh, interesting. It says the last the last league contest for some of these spring sports will be on what is it June third, especially like for baseball and softball at least, which means the playoffs could actually go when students are maybe out of school, mm-hmm. which would be another just another weird wrinkle um, of this sports calendar year. So baseball games normally start. When Austin, I'm late. I feel like the calendar moves up every year, but usually like mid mid February nowadays, um, you'll be starting practice probably uh, the last few weeks of December before you go on winter break, and it kind of ramps up in in mid January. But yeah, games have been starting usually in mid February, so um, yeah, that mid that March what is it March twentieth start mm-hmm. date is uh, a month later than normal. Um, hopefully, it brings. Good weather for baseball season. Yeah, and, and then you would think that out of all the sports, baseball and softball might be the least affected, right? Because if you say they're supposed to start in mid-March and right. it's March 20th, that's that's only you know four to five weeks later than than normal. And you would talk about basketball. Basketball would start in November. Yep. Um, and then they're they're not starting till March. Right. Um, so. So that's where we're at with that. So um, we're going to feel a big crunch. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though, because when spring spring comes along, I mean, Austin, it's, it's all going to happen fast. I mean, we're going to have football, and everyone will kind of be wrapped up into, in uh, football and cross-country and water polo and all that stuff. And then I feel like the next wave of sports is going to kind of happen all of a sudden. And then after basketball and wrestling, if that happens, and tennis and soccer, if all once all those sports start... Then we have football, or baseball, and softball, and track and field. It's all just kind of coming waves, and um, I feel like for the casual fan, you might not be, um, you might it might catch you unexpected sometimes because you'll be so locked into one season, and then right I've got the like snap of a finger, uh, the next sport is going to start already. Can you imagine what the, our athletic directors are going through during oh this time? Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. We should ask them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, going along with that, Austin, this is this is the best case scenario. All right, so we're we're looking at this list, and we are preparing, and coaches are preparing, and and the players are preparing. Like it's going to happen, like right? Yes. It's going to these dates are set, going to happen. However, there's a little bit of trepidation, and it's understandable. We talked to a good amount of coaches over the last few months. Uh, we've kept kept in good contact with them. 
Um, so the feelings that I get from the coaches is that they're going to go full steam ahead. They're coaching like there's going to be a season, but in the back of their mind, they know because of the COVID numbers, um, they know that could be shut down. They know that, you know, the state could come down and say, okay, guys, sorry, the numbers aren't looking good right now. Um, we're going to have to do this. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's some hesitation on these coaches. So what, what do you hear out there? What's kind of your feelings on, on how things are going? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I've talked to some head coaches. I've talked to some assistant coaches and they all kind of have the same vibe. Um, they're out there, they're practicing, but like in the back of their minds, I think they are, I don't want to say very doubtful because again, I'm, I haven't been told that directly, but the sense I get is at least from a football standpoint are, I feel like there's a lot that could still go wrong between now and the start of a season. Um, and I, 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 I kind of doubt it too, that they'll get to a point where they will get into full gear and hitting each other, especially with the school thing, because I feel like the school thing is so complicated. Um, people don't really know the exact plan to return to school. I feel like some schools are different. Some school districts are different. And if you're not going to have full-time school on your campus, like how are you going to maybe justify like playing a football game or like start even starting practice? I mean, I, I just feel like I'm not like, like from a PR standpoint, maybe like is it, if the school is trying to protect itself, um, how do you how do you justify having padded practices at a high school in mid December when there's kids not even able to be on campus yet? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, I just think it's a it's a it's obviously a weird time, but I it's weird circumstances like that too. Yeah, well, I'm in education, so I'm kind of at the forefront of all this stuff too. I, I teach near Kingsburg in Traver, California. I've been there for 24 years, and I teach fifth grade, and we're K through eight school. So we actually brought kids back uh, three weeks ago. We got a waiver and we moved really quick because our families needed it, our kids needed it. Um, and but the bigger districts, they're they're in a different boat. Um, Clovis Unified is planning on coming back in January, right? It's, or and, and it's like the elementary schools are different than high schools. I, high schools, from what I hear at least, isn't going to happen till January. But like again, like what we were saying, so if they're not coming back till January. Um, you're asking these kids to line up and um, tackle each other and breathe on each other in December. Um, I feel like I could see this season. I'd be a little bit more optimistic if maybe kids are coming back on campus in November or December. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they aren't coming until mm -hmm. January definitely raises some red flags, like from my beliefs of a football season or like a contact sport um, starting on time. I'm not saying it won't happen, but like I feel like that Jan 7th uh, date of of game starting i just i'm doubtful i'm i'm hopeful but i'm doubtful too so i posted on twitter and if you guys don't follow me or austin on twitter uh my account is at paul metters p-a-u-l-m-e-a-d-o-r-s uh, and then austin is i am a underscore underscore <laughs> K-E-M-P. I'm two underscores, guys. Don't forget that double People underscore. People forget the uh, double underscore. And I had to do double underscore because A-Camp was taken. Unbelievable. There's Unbelievable. another A-Camp out another there. another A-Camp with an underscore. So I had to do two. So Let's yeah, two underscores. But A-Camp, you can follow us all of, our, all of our stuff on Twitter. And then Clovis Sports Report, our official Twitter account is at Clo Sports Report, C-L-O Sports Report. Um, so on Twitter, I posted this poll on November 4th. I posted, what is your confidence level that high school sports in the central section will start on time, comma, namely football on January 8th? So there's four choices. You have very confident, you have semi-confident, less than confident, and not very confident. So I think I did a good job with those. Those are good four choices, right? So you got your, almost like your 100 percenter, right? Mm -hmm. Very confident. You're 90 to, 90 to 100. You're semi-confident, which... Can maybe put like sixty to sixty to eighty percent, yeah, kind of range. Less than confident, so I would think below below fifty percent, and then not very confident. So here's the results. Very confident. I'm gonna round these up. Do it. Six percent. Very confident. And um, I had one hundred and seventy-two 
votes. So that's that's right. a good sample size. Good sample size from a it's from a bunch of different uh, yeah. opinions. Yeah, it was twenty. It was a twenty-four hour poll. I guess I could have put it up a little bit longer, but twenty-four hour poll, one hundred seventy-two votes. So we got a good sample size there. Semi-confident, twenty-four percent. So if you combine those two, very confident, semi-confident. If we use my Common Core math that I teach, I think we're at thirty percent. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thirty percent if you combine those two. Less than confident. This one was our biggest overwhelming winner. Overwhelming winner, yes. guys. Um, so we got forty percent, Austin. Forty percent are less than confident, and finally, not very confident. We're at thirty percent. Right. And, and if you combine the uh, not very confident and less than confident, that's what is that? Thirty-one plus forty, seventy-one. That's an overwhelming, like there's a, it just shows you a lot of people still have their doubts of uh, this sports season starting on time. And that was the question. It was, what's your confidence that it'll start on time? Not that it won't start in general, Correct. but on time. Correct. And that just shows that, I mean, 70% of the people out of 172 votes were um, that, that one out by a landslide. Do you remember when I put this poll up? I put something very similar, and I tried to go back and find it, and I couldn't. Um, I think I did it like six months ago. I thought, does that sound well, about right? I yeah. Think, or maybe five. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. Um, I didn't search super hard, but the results were a lot more favorable for for sports starting up. They were. And that was this summer. Um, and, it, and you know what else is interesting? Is like on your Twitter account, you have a ton of followers, obviously, and... Um, Y'all, there's fans that follow you, but there's also a lot of coaches and there's a lot of players and there's a lot of teachers that follow you as well. Mm-hmm. And that kind of shows you, like, I don't know if there's that many people that aren't very confident it's happening. Maybe, are, are there coaches voting on that that have heard stuff? Are there players that are being told certain things? Because if you look at your who follows you, there's a ton of players and a ton of coaches and educators. So it makes me think, like, um, are those – are like, I wonder how, big, how much um, – of our results are coming from those type of voters, you know, it's uh, definitely interesting to think about. Yeah, and I have a, a decent amount of followers that are in the Bakersfield area, a few on the coast area as well. So, um, yeah, they chimed in, I'm sure, and uh, so that's that's kind of where we're sitting. Um, you want to share that comment we got to the poll? I actually had a little out of had a fan, California Wolfhound. Um, I, I don't know how factual this is, but he said there was a big Halloween party at St. Joe's on the coast and um after that Halloween part party they shut down all the sports practices at uh St. Joe's High School and RHS who um who's RHS over on the coast, do you know? Rigetti. Uh, oh, Rigetti. Yeah, Rigetti. So Rigetti. they shut down sports according to this person at St. Joe's and Rigetti after a big Halloween party and it just goes like I don't know, it kind of just feeds into the narrative that people aren't feeling confident because at the end of the day like I mean, kids are going to go out and, and have their fun, like, I mean, as they should, you know, a little bit. Um, but, I mean, that could also be a factor yeah. of COVID cases yeah. rising, as we're seeing right now currently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely I definitely get why people may feel less than confident of, yeah. of stuff starting on time. Yeah. Just be smart, people. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. We're... We're not, we're not political or anything. We're not, we're never going to really get into anything like that, but you know, be smart. We, we want these kids to be out there. We want our kids to enjoy their, their high school years and, and parents too. And us, Austin, if For we're sure. being a little selfish, For right? Sure. We want all this stuff to happen because we, we love high school sports. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. We, uh, we want there to be seasons. We want everything to be back to normal as soon as possible. So yeah, just be smart. That's, so we just wanted to give a feeling of what's going out there. We want to be realists. Maybe that's a good word to use, huh? Yeah, I like it. We're, yeah. yeah, we're realists. So we're just trying to get some facts out there and uh, you know some opinions on what's going out there with uh, with coaches and, and the general feelings. Um, so so that's where we're at with that. But Austin, if we are talking about football, because right, high school football that's is the big one drives, coming up. Yeah, drives everything. It does. High school, well, I'll say high school football and baseball. Okay. So I'm a baseball guy. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is overall baseball area. But yeah, we do love us our football too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you think football for high school, like once you walk on the campus the first days of school in, in August, 
you're already getting that feeling, right? You're well, seeing I mean, some balloons, and you're already right. seeing posters, and the band's been practicing their halftime shows. Because it's summer. like you start football right in the or you start school right in the middle of football season. Just like you said, like I live right by Buchanan, and you can hear the bands practicing uh, starting in early August. So you kind of get your football juices flowing early um, <laughs> if you're if you're into it, I guess. Yeah, I think I remember a couple years ago. Was it when uh, Buchanan played De La Salle, maybe? Like, that game happened before school had even started. Am I remembering that right? I don't um, know if it was the De La Salle game. It was maybe that Paso Robles. Okay. Paso Robles game. That was before maybe. school started. Okay, yeah. There was a game even before school started yeah. in, like, mid-August. Yeah. There was a game. So, yeah. So, we're we're a little off kilter with all that. Where Our internal clocks <laughs> oh, yeah. need to adjust um, with, uh, with all the, the season being pushed back. But, yeah, let's... Let's let's talk about some high school football here. Let's um let's highlight some players. We'll so, preview it a little bit. We don't want to give too much yeah. away because we're gonna have a big football preview. I feel like, but we we can touch on a little bit right yeah, now. Yeah, we want to touch on it tonight. Uh, and I also uh, wanted to touch on um, some current Clovis Unified alum that are playing D one. So okay. we got a list here. We have a list of, of of all the Clovis Unified grads that are playing D one football, and there's seventeen. Um, there's sixty two total from the central section that are playing D1 football. So that's a, that's a good list. And we're going to get into that a little bit, um, kind of break down where, where some of these uh, some of these guys are in their, their D1 careers and some of the accolades that they've got. Um, but Austin, if we're talking about, if we're talking about our, our Clovis Unified football teams and even central, let's talk about the track yep. in general. Um, yeah, what, what, you know, what's standing out to you right now, who are some some players to keep an eye on? Obviously, Kendall Milton was topic of probably every one of our football shows oh, last sure. year, and I, deservedly yeah. so. He's yep. doing great things at University of Georgia, and we'll get into that. But you know, there's no Kendall Milton this year. But uh, I, yeah, I'm. I think I think that there's a there's a great balance this year with all the Clovis Unified teams. But uh, there's a couple that probably stick out to you. Yeah, I think this will be like the most competitive year in the track, like consistent throughout the league. I feel like we've had in a while. Um, we could sound like broken records talking about Central because they've they've won every track game they've played in the last three or four years, um, and they should be they should still be considered the favorite. I'd say headed into this year. Um, they lost a lot of talent, and they lost Xavier Worthy, who's going to sign early and go to Michigan. Uh, so he won't play in the spring. But, I mean, Central still uh, has one of the best coaches in the section, and Kyle Biggs, and they have some key returners like Jacob James or Jacob Jones and mm-hmm. Aiden Fortenberry, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Jacob James. Is that is that the left tackle, that transfer from Buchanan? Sorry if I got your first name Kaysom. wrong. Case and James. Sorry, I was getting his, his dad's Jason, and yeah. I was trying to combine like Jacob and Jason. I felt like, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Central is probably still considered the favorite. Uh, they got to work in a new quarterback who also came from Buchanan. We know who is DJ Stevenson, um, so we'll see how that can go. Um, but if you're talking about Clovis specific schools, I think the, like the big storyline is kind of how much do you think maybe Buchanan regresses without Kendall Milton? Uh, of course, Buchanan is going to be a, a good team. They're well coached and they, they get after it on the lines and they go about business the right way. But um, you're replacing, you're essentially replacing a generational talent in Kendall who, I mean, there's there's going to be good players that come through Buchanan all the time, but I'm not sure you're ever going to see someone better than Kendall Milton. So um, you lose him and, he, and he's a guy that, that you could uh, give the ball to 20 times and he'll rush for 400 yards. So they won't have that luxury this year. Uh, but they they got Ian Kirby back and a, a, a slew of good receivers, and then um, and then you have Clovis High, who I think is really interesting too. I think this is like Clovis High. They're they're always a good team, and I, I feel like I I keep saying they're well like teams are well coached, but this is another team who's super well coached with Coach Hammond. Well, I think Coach Hammond has never had a losing record. He's never had a losing I, record, but I, I think it's thirteenth or twelfth year there. And I, and I, I, am getting the sense like we, we this uh, junior class at Clovis High has been hyped up since they've been at Clark. Like they won league as seventh graders and as eighth graders. They were uh, bulldozing teams as freshmen, and then a bunch of them played varsity uh, as sophomores last year. And they, they took their lumps on on certain games, but they were also real competitive in a in a ton of games too. And this kind of feels like the first year since Clovis High went to the Valley Championship in 2015 where 
they can kind of compete with the top teams in the valley. Um, obviously, they played some. They played teams tough the last four or five years, but I think uh, with this class, with like Nate Johnson at quarterback and Tristan Risley at running back, um, yeah, Keanu Williams is a big loss since he's signing early with Oregon as well. But um, this class has won at every single level, and I think this is this next two year window at Clovis High School. Um, I think they can compete with just about anyone, and that's the sense I'm getting. And then um, you want to add? Well, if you go back a little bit to those to those two guys that you mentioned for Clovis High, those juniors, so Nate Johnson and Tristan Risley, those guys are both all conference players as sophomores. Yeah, for sure. And and Johnson is making a position change. He was an all conference receiver, but he's he'll be their quarterback this year. But I mean, that's a that's a super explosive guy for high school defenses to have to contain at quarterback, and that. It kind of opens up a whole other dimension of uh, like what that team can accomplish on the offensive side of the ball this year. Well, with Nate, so he was he's a special player um, because he's a threat. Um, he's a threat on the offensive end. They lined him up as a, as a receiver last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a couple reps at quarterback, and we saw a couple things. You know that okay, yeah, this guy's super talented. Um, He's also their punter. Like, I mean, that yeah. dude could boot. Yeah. So he's going to be on the field a lot. Um, and he, I think he's got a, an offer from the University of Utah already. Right. So and then, he's um, probably going to start pouring in. And then you got Aiden Maryhew on mm-hmm. that on that D line, and he and he plays on the offensive line as well. So again, they're 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 a team who I think I we've seen them kind of get beat up the last couple of years by some of the top teams in the valley. Um, but I think this is a year and in twenty twenty two where they can uh, they can play with anybody, and I that's kind of what I'm expecting out of Clovis High School. And then we get to Clovis North, and I think Clovis North is um, an interesting team. I talked to Coach Jaycott over summer, um, and then I, I I get they have a lot of re- they have a lot of starters returning, and I know they weren't their record wasn't great last year. Well, they were five and zero non league. Right. They, they, they were five and zero non league, and they got to league and one four right one to four. Um, and then they lost in the playoffs to Clovis West, mm. but um, I I, uh, I think this offensive line for Clovis North is gonna uh, demolish some people. And if you are a team who's looking at Clovis North's record and scores last year and thinking you're gonna come roll over them, um, I think they're gonna beat you up in the lines. And I think, uh, quite frankly, that they have the the the, uh, the best player in the valley. Who I think is Michael Jaycott, um, coach who's J- uh, Coach Jaycott's son. He's playing some running back this year. He's played some cornerback, some free safety. He can kind of do it all. Um, I'm expecting Michael Jaycott to be uh, in the discussion for Valley Player of the Year. Um, he's fast. He's as strong as anyone. All you gotta do is go watch him work out at Clovis North, or he he posts sometimes on Twitter, him and his dad working out in the garage. And that kid, <laughs> that kid's built like a truck and he's going to have a huge year. And I think Clovis Hart's going to get after it on the O-line. That's a, usually a pretty good recipe. Well, and they have a super sophomore, right? We have a, they have a super sophomore that's in a conversation to be the starting quarterback. He will for sure his junior and senior year, but Jaden Mandel is a stud athlete committed to Fresno state for baseball. Right. Right. And I, yeah, I talked, I talked to Jaden after he committed to Fresno State. Um, and he said, yeah, he, he wasn't rolling out, like, p- potentially playing both sports in college. Um, so if he's, if he develops into maybe a college type of quarterback, I know he's young, but I mean, talent is talent at the end of the day. And if he's good enough, that elevates that offense even more. Well, I went to, out to a practice too, and I talked to Coach Jaycott and, uh, the ball just comes different out of his hand, man. It's mm-hmm. just, you, you could tell, Austin, you've been around football long enough that you could tell when a dude is a dude and when, a, you know, in baseball, right? If you, if you look at a pitcher and there's just a pop like, from the catcher's glove, you're like, right. yeah, that's something special. It's just different, right? Mm-hmm. With him, the ball coming out of his hand and just the zip that he had on it and the command and the footwork and he's built already, like, yeah, that's a quarterback. Yeah, that could be a D one quarterback as well. So yeah, that's that's definitely somebody that we're gonna we're gonna look forward to playing. You know, for not only this year but the yeah. next two years. But like, and I, I know we have a couple more schools to talk about. But I will say, I think I think that Central Buchanan and Clovis are kind of in that top tier when you're talking about the track. 
I think Clovis North, I think they, they could creep up into that tier this year. Um, but I kind of want to see it first before putting them in there. I'm, I mean, I'm expecting them to be a pretty darn good team. And uh, again, I think if you have a dominant O-line in high school, you're going to dominate a lot of teams. And it's pretty much like that at every level. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can definitely get in that conversation, but I kind of want to see it first. And then the last two teams, Clovis West and Clovis East. Um, Clovis West replaces a lot. Um, they have a new quarterback. They got replaced. They're two best linebackers, but uh, sophomore, sophomore, right? Dayton Tafoya. Mm-hmm. He'll be taking over at quarterback. Uh, they have a Division One receiver in Isaiah Howard, Howard, who's committed to Eastern Washington. So um, I thought like, I, I thought like Clovis West always has good enough athletes to win games. Uh, it's going to come down to their offensive and defensive lines and we'll see i think i think they're a question mark i think if you ask people on their program they probably tell you the same thing like hey what are we going to get with our line mm-hmm. um they got to see it click in the game um so i feel like that's where they're at again they're, they they won't they won't i don't think they'll ever be out athleted but if they're uh if they can develop their o-lines and d-lines and um they, they could they could be in the conversation as well yeah well um marcel sanders too Right, I think you didn't, you didn't mention Marcel. Didn't. So Marcel is a San Jose State commit. He's going to sign with them. Um, he was a beast. He's he was one of our all Clovis Sports Report players last year. He's an all league kid. Uh, what is he six six three two forty? Right, Sanders on the D line. He plays a little tight end as well. Uh, but you mentioned Dayton Tafoya. Um, he got a little run last year as a, as a freshman on the yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he, uh, he beat Clovis North in the regular season. Yeah. As a, as a starting quarterback as a freshman. So, I mean, yeah. he has a little bit of game experience. Um, so, I guess we'll have to see what that translates to as a sophomore. Um, and then they also have Derek Moreland, who mm-hmm. played on the D-line mostly last year. He's moving to linebacker as a senior. And he's actually also committed to Morgan State University. Mm-hmm. So, again, they, they've got guys. And then yeah. Colvis West football always has guys. So, it's going to come down to... If their offensive line can protect the quarterback and if their defensive line can create pressure. And then at the running back position, uh, talking to Coach Randall at Clovis West, uh, they're going to be rotating some dudes. Um, they got they got their eye on three guys. Mm-hmm. So it could be a little committee. Yep. Right? Running back by committee, you know, maybe eight carries for this guy, seven carries for this guy. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the early returns on, on Clovis West. They'll, they'll always have some – they'll have some players. They'll have some, some yep. dudes. And Isaiah Howard, you know, Division One wide receiver right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Clovis West will definitely be competitive. Yeah, and they got Nicholas Herrera and Matthew Nolt on the O line. Those mm-hmm. are two two good anchors to start with. So um, you can fill in some people around those guys, and it could look could look like a pretty pretty good unit. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, Clovis East. Um, I know you talked to Coach Reynolds recently, so I think you probably might have more insight than me. I know they got a stud at with at a running back or fullback, whatever you want to call it, and also on defense and Jacob Tafoya. Mm-hmm who is committed to the Air Force Academy. And that dude is a uh, he is a bull when he's running the football, and he packs a punch on defense as well. Yeah, so he's he's the first uh, D1 football player Clovis East since uh, Tracy Slocum. I think that mm-hmm. was 2005. So it's yeah. been a while since they've had a D1 player. Um, you know, a lot's been said about Clovis East the last few years, and we've we've talked a lot about him as well. Um you know they were they were down in the dumps. There's no other way to put it. They were they were really really poor before Ryan Reynolds came back. So Ryan was the defensive coordinator for Clovis East when they were going to all those in the championship games in the heyday in the heyday when they were wearing the silver on silver uniforms. Which Ryan <laughs> Coach Reynolds, if you're listening to that, you need to bring those back. Yeah. So Austin is into football uniforms it's very those types of things are very important to him he, he notices them he has an eye for that stuff he's got opinions on mm-hmm. on uniforms i think we spent maybe about 15 minutes on an episode last year breaking it down so we'll we'll do it again well i think you've, you've no, seen a couple right no seen... uniform is safe when it comes to uh just my opinion so if you got something wrong with your uniforms you're going to know about it eventually. But I'll also be the first one to give you praise. But mm-hmm. I'm a big uniform guy. He's a huge uniform guy. I've heard it. Oh, I've yeah. seen it. Oh, yeah. I've seen it from Austin. It's And then and then also you can... Uh, what you can... Uh, can you sing it? I don't know if you could sing it, but with the fight songs? Oh, gosh. I can sing... I can sing every college fight song, and I can sing every high school fight song in the area. Okay. If you... Whoever wins... Uh, if you close the school... 
wins the Valley Championship this year, I'll, I'll sing your fight song on, on a podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. Looking forward to that, for sure. Um, yeah, and um, Clovis East, their quarterback, Sean Kelly, is, a, is an excellent quarterback. I'm, last year, um, I mean, he was, he was a threat to run because Clovis East is, is primarily a run team, but when he threw the ball, he threw a nice ball. Um, he's a leader. He's, he's fast. Um, like I said, he, he's got an underrated arm, I believe. And the Clovis East is actually going to change up their offense a little bit. Austin, you, you might know more about that because you're more an X and O guy than I am. So what have you heard about how they might be changing their offense? I don't know what you were talking about, actually, because no. I don't know what they're switching to. Okay, so what do, they, so what so do we call it the I last mean, couple years? What I feel like? like what they traditionally are is more of like a double wing. Yeah. And they... Uh, the kind of double wing, double tight, kind of a okay. wing T variation. Yeah. Um, if they're moving on from that, um, what would it be too? Okay. All right. So I hear they're going to be a little more, I don't, what do you say, traditional? There, there's a term out there that, that I forgot. Are they right? going into the shotgun a little bit? I think so. Gotcha. A more of that. Because um, last year they had Chandler Hamilton and uh, DeJounte. Um, O'Neal. O'Neal. Yeah. Yeah. So they had them. So they had a lot of threats. Um, last year, but this year they're, I think they're going to be a little bit thin, so they're going to ride Jacob Tafoya a lot. So I think they're going to go a little more traditional um, type of offense and maybe let Sean Kelly, you know, throw the ball right. a little bit more. Right. So I think we're going to see that. Um, yeah, and they're big. They're big weight room guys too. So they're going to try to use their offensive linemen. Um, you know, in their heyday. Yep. Um, you know, in the in the two thousand fives. They were they were tough, right? And but the the offensive linemen um, were super important in in an offense like that, right? What did what did you know back then? I mean, like, back then, all I really your offensive linemen could be any any size with what Clovis East ran under Coach Murphy in the mm-hmm. mid two thousands. I mean, I mean, essentially, all you're asking them to do is cut block and pull and just uh, get in front of people. You don't need them to blow people up in that offense, and that's what they did. There was. There was times where we were playing against Clovis East when I was a player. There, I'm I'm not very big in high school. I was like five nine, 160 pounds, and there were linemen at Clovis East who were smaller than me playing yeah. there. And but they were effective because of just like the tech uh, the technique they use within their scheme. Um, if they're going away from that, it'll be interesting to see uh, just how kind of how the line develops, um, or if they kind of keep some of those same principles in place. But yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. But um, I kind of at the high school level too. It's there's a little saying. It's like not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. Mm-hmm. That's that's somewhat true. Um, I feel like if you have a really good player, you give him the ball at the high school level, he'll he'll make plays. And Tafoya could be that for Clovis East this year because I I could see a lot of uh, just in general some high school kids being scared to tackle him. Okay. He's, yeah. he's big and he's <laughs> strong. And I'm I've seen I've I've been at games and I've seen people scared to tackle kids, and yeah. I could see kids being scared to tackle him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll know more about this uh, when we visit a few practices and, uh, you know, we get into a little bit more. So we'll, we'll talk about how the offense is evolving over there at Clovis East. Um, anything else you want to add, Austin? I think we're good. I think we'll, we can go way more in depth on that um, conversation as we get to our preview. Yeah. Um, we don't want to, I thought like we're going to repeat some of this stuff anyway, so yeah. we don't need to get too much into it yet. I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, so we got some... Clovis Unified alums that are playing some D1 football. So I started covering Clovis Unified sports in 2000, 2015. My, my, first, my first event that I went to and wrote about was the Valley Championship baseball game, Buchanan and Clovis in 14. And then it, uh, then my role just got a little bit bigger and just kind of dove, dove deep into Clovis Unified sports. So I've been watching since 2015. And uh, so we got a good crop of players that I covered in high school who are now playing division one football. And there's, there's like, to me, there's, there's four kind of that's that, that, uh, that are getting some good airtime on TV and some press and some played in some big games already on some, mm-hmm. you got a little, some national publicity or publicity and some spotlight stuff. Um, so the first one, Caleb Kelly. So he was the first one, first kid, I guess I could say, that I wrote a big feature on. I got to know him and his family really, really well. 
We developed a good relationship. And, um, you know, I was right there when he announced he was going to the University of Oklahoma. And I've followed his career since then. Uh, and we've stayed in touch, too. So Caleb's played in some big games. Man, I remember that first game for Oklahoma, or I should say it, the first big bowl game his freshman year that he played in. So because he's, he's played against Alabama and the national, you know. Yeah, he's played against he's played against Ohio State, he's played against Alabama, <laughs> yeah. he's played against Georgia. Yeah. Pretty much all the top schools in the nation except for Clemson. Yeah. I think he might have even played against Clemson early in his career. I can't remember when they met in the playoffs, but it was it was certainly around then. So he's played in some big games, but I remember that first big game, uh, I think it was a Sugar Bowl when he played against Auburn. He started at linebacker as a true freshman and the dude had like 12 tackles and mm-hmm. I remember uh, watching the game here in the room next door um and just kind of going crazy i'm like there's caleb with another tackle i mean he was yeah. flying all over the field um and like you said he's played in some big games uh but fortunately like the injury bug has yeah. hit caleb it's i think it's uh it just, sucks it sucks it's it's hard to watch it's hard to go through because you know you build a connection with these kids um and you and you root for them and when they go down with an injury you feel like oh so looking yeah. forward to following his career you just feel bad for him but he got hurt again in the summer um last year he uh was coming off knee surgery and he played in the last four games but he's still allowed to uh do a medical red shirt right and then he hurt his knee again so he's out for the year so the plan is now for him to play again he'll still have one more year yeah, of eligibility. because remember you don't lose any eligibility with the uh whole covid stuff in the ncaa this year it's kind of a freebie year, so if he can if he can get healthy in rehab, he has a whole other year at Oklahoma to see what he can do. He'll be like what a six year senior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it works out. But and yeah. and he has NFL aspirations. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's he's got the body for it. I mean, he's dedicated. He works hard. So yeah, we're <laughs> we're big Caleb Kelly fans. I we just you just root for him and hope that he recovers well and takes his time and uh, comes back healthy for for next season. But it's it's fun following his career. Uh, you know, for a national contender, even though they yep. haven't got there, they've uh, they've been super super close, playing with Baker Makefield and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, oh my gosh, it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, and then another Clovis West kid, Adrian Martinez. Um, you know, he's he's no secret to anybody in the valley, especially, and he burst onto the national scene in Nebraska. And there's that story of Scott Frost and how Scott Frost landed him. Scott Frost flew all the way on a red eye from from Florida after his bowl game and landed in the Martinez family living room and yep. and uh, got him to come to Nebraska and when he was his freshman year was like off the charts he was the first uh, true freshman um, I think one of only three should put it that way one of only three true freshmen to start at quarterback for Nebraska went on to a phenomenal season twenty five total touchdowns. Uh, First in the nation in, in freshman yards, I think 295 yards, uh, was was an honorable mention, Big Ten, um, you know. And then the next year, he was 8-1 to one odds to win the Heisman. Yep, going into the season. Going into last season. Um, and then last season, just for whatever reasons, um, I think we can make this... Uh, make this public, but he, he did, uh, he was hurt. Um, right. They're not going to mention it during the season course you know you didn't keep those things private but uh yeah he was injured last year and didn't have the season that that he wanted to have and then this year with covid and starting late in big 10 i mean you're a big ohio state fan austin and right. i'm actually staring at a <laughs> ohio state sweatshirt right now it's nice and red and old too it's old it's a little yeah. tattered yeah it's well worn very well um so yeah so you know the big 10 starting late and couple different things happening and so uh they're owing to nebraska is and uh yeah i just feel like adrian hasn't gotten to the flow yet I, yeah, for whatever reasons the and first I, two game when you play ohio state gosh i'm gonna tell you this right now and i don't I, I don't know if adrian is dealing i don't know what he's dealing with there and i don't know if there's anything like injury lingering stuff like that but um i'm i'm not like a nebraska fan but i look at scott frost and how he manages the quarterback room and i'm just kind of flabbergasted the first two weeks. Um, obviously, I, as, as Paul said, I'm a big Ohio State fan, so I was watching that opening game against Nebraska. And I felt like it wasn't even like every series him and McCaffrey were rotating out. It was like every like three plays it felt like. like they, Nebraska would pop a big play. 
Um, and then McCaffrey would come in at quarterback and Adrian to the bench. Or, like, Adrian would complete an eight-yard pass and then McCaffrey would come in. It's like, I don't know. You can't, you can't get into a nice flow of a game when you're constantly looking over your shoulder or being pulled out every other play, it feels like. So, I don't know. I think, I think that... I thought that stood out to me the first couple weeks of the season. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Hopefully he can kind of navigate through that and and finish these last five or six games on a roll. Yeah, and, and you know what helps is winning. It does. <laughs> and when it you're does. not winning, everything is but magnified. It's also hard. Like I'm not, it, it's hard to win when you're opening up with Ohio State, who's a top three talented roster in America. Uh, you play your next game against uh, who they play second. Well, that was the game in Wisconsin. Oh, the, got yeah, so the Wisconsin game got canceled, and then they played Northwestern, who's top what? They're a top fifteen total defense in the NCAA. So like, their their schedule definitely hasn't given them any favors. So, um, yeah, winning helps solve it. But again, um, I mean, Nebraska they're a, they're a good program, but they're not the most talented roster in the country either. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could say this too because this is this is my podcast, Austin. I could say this. Adrian Martinez is. Probably my favorite player ever to cover. Okay. I, I, he's just, you know, every football game, and then, you know, he's, he's a basketball player too, so I watched a lot of his basketball games, but every football game, you just saw something special out there. You know, you, you would jump over defenders, or he would juke, juke a guy and, and uh, you know, go past him for a 60-yard touchdown. And, you know, I just, and then getting to know him too, he's just, he's just a complete package. So I'm a big Adrian Martinez fan. Um, yeah, I, I root for him, and not ashamed to say I do. If you go back to my Twitter, and he would have lit defenses on fire if he got to play his senior year. Like he did already as junior and somewhat as a sophomore year, but that senior year it wouldn't have even been close. Yeah, maybe one of these days we'll get into that a little bit more about yeah. like what the potential matchups right. would be because right. that was a great Clovis West class with Rodney Wright the third and the Shram twins. Yeah, and yeah, they. If we would have seen a Central versus Clovis West Valley Championship that year, that would have yeah, been... That would have been special. That would have been special. That would have been special. So, let's get into Kendall Milton a little bit. So, oh, yeah. much decorated, right? Five-star guy coming out of high school. We followed him all four years at Buchanan. He got moved up to varsity, I think, after four games. His freshman year. But, you know, he's doing good things at Georgia. I mean, he looks like an SEC running back, doesn't he? He does. And I I, I don't know. I, I, I love Kendall. And I I grew up watching him all the way from Garfield to Alta. And I, I just felt like as a freshman, he, it's, like, it's easy to expect people to kind of be overwhelmed their first year in college, especially going to a culture change to the SEC and all that stuff. And you, you turn on those games, and he's <laughs> as good as any Georgia running back on, on that roster. Um, he's he's running people over. He's carrying guys. Um, it's impressive to watch, and he, like he's only played what five or six games so far this season, but he's he's exceeded my expectations for how well I thought he would be able to adjust like so fast. Um, if if Georgia ha- was in a situation where they needed to give him like fifteen carries a game, yeah, I think they'd be just fine, honestly. Yeah, um, because he's shown to be a, like a physical college running back in year one. Well, you point to a couple things, right? I- well, for one of them is a 24-yard 24, 24 run against Alabama. Yep. Where you're like, yeah, there's Kendall on the national stage, you know, mm-hmm. busting out for a 24-yard run, run against Alabama. So he looks the part, plays the part. Uh, looks like last week he kind of twisted his knee a little bit. So yeah, you know, so, just yesterday, right? Yeah, so, against Florida in the third quarter kind of held his knee. But I don't think it was a um long-term injury i think i saw i'm trying to confirm it right now but i thought i saw it was like a sprained like a sprained knee okay. sprained mcl maybe okay. so um i don't know the typical time frame maybe two or three weeks well probably. and that was after ripping off a 17 yard run right yeah and i was like it was like a second touch or something of the yeah. game and yeah it's a, it a good chunk and then um unfortunately the injury came yeah. but he should be okay and I think we, we should see him return at some point this season. Yeah, so I, I think like those are three alums that are on the national spotlight. They play for a Power 5 school, Power 5 conference. Those are guys that you could find uh, you know, on any given Saturday, except for you know Caleb's not playing this year, and hopefully Ken will be back soon. Um, so we kind of want, I wanted to mention all these kids um some of them just just in passing but i just i just want to give everybody out there just an update on where these kids are playing and 
and uh, we want we definitely want to celebrate these guys for playing Division One football. But uh, Adam Prentice um, is a great story. So Adam's a Clovis High grad, goes to Colorado State as a fullback, um, does well there, graduates with a degree in engineering, and I didn't even know this until I saw it on Twitter. But he's at South Carolina. Yep, I kind of <laughs> like I I remember watching like week one. And I was watching South Carolina, and I was like, they zoomed in on who was Adam Prentice, which I didn't know at the time. And it was like, I saw the kid's name Prentice, and then it said, from Clovis, California. I'm like, oh my god, like who is that? And then yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's Adam Prentice. I remember him being on the front page of the Fresno Bee when they beat Clovis North in the playoffs a few years ago. Well, there you go. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, so Adams followed his coach at uh, Colorado State, followed his uh, one of his coaches over there to South Carolina to do some grad work. So he's an engineering guy. Uh, he's going to get his uh, his master's in engineering, but and he even got uh, player of the year, or player of the year, a player of the game um, a couple weeks ago. And, and fun story about that is uh, I got a, a, a direct message. I got a DM on Twitter from this account that I don't follow. And um, it was the South Carolina football beat writer from the Atlantic website. Um so I'm like, man, this guy wants to talk to me about Adam. So I thought that was cool. So we talked for about 20 minutes and because uh, he was writing an article about Adam. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really neat that uh, they were able to to give a little light in the, to Adam and the great kid that he is. So so that's that was really fun to see as well. And then DJ Shram, I mentioned the Shram twins. So Dusty and DJ were in the same class as Adrian and DJ's at Boise State. He's a redshirt sophomore playing linebacker. Uh, he's playing on some special teams. Yeah, I want to talk about DJ. The DJ and Dusty are are my guys. I t- I t- uh, coach them at Clovis West and baseball. Uh, I love both of them. DJ was actually the special teams player of the week for Boise State two weeks ago, and I believe that would have been their Air Force game. So uh, DJ, who is now what is he? Uh, I think he redshirted his first mm-hmm. year, so he'd yeah. be a redshirt. He redshirt sophomore. Redshirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. So he's getting some run on special teams. I've seen him get some run at linebacker. Kind of late in games, so he's he's definitely on the right track to start um, getting some more minutes as his career progresses. So that's uh, yeah, I was happy and happy and pumped to see DJ get well, those honors. We like DJ, yes, um, but he's at Boise State, and right. if you're from Fresno, if you live in Fresno, you root for Fresno State. It's hard to root for Boise, but we root for DJ. We root for DJ. But we root kind of against Boise State. No no offense to the right. Shram family. Right. All right? But that's just that's just kind of the way it is. Okay, so we're going to mention a couple guys before we get into the nine Fresno State, um, the nine players on Fresno State's roster. So, Stephen Scheidt from Buchanan. Uh through uh, Fresno City College, he's at Eastern Washington. He's a sophomore linebacker. Matthew Merritt is at Stanford, a freshman, uh, defensive end from Buchanan. Um, Ryan Brocks is at Nevada. He's a senior tight end from Clovis North. And Blake Wells is a uh, junior at New Mexico, a receiver from Buchanan and also College of the Sequoias. Um, we also want to mention like Dante Chachere. He's at Portland State. He's a quarterback over there and, and their uh, their season will actually start in the springtime so he will be on the field in like late february okay yeah sounds good and then uh i also want to mention that brock jones um who was just a, a phenomenal athlete from graduate from buchanan transferred from clovis north that brock jones was at stanford uh, last year as a freshman true freshman played both sports he played football and baseball was a started a, a lot of games in baseball but uh, he opted not to play football this year so Brock Jones isn't playing football uh, at Stanford. Um, he, uh, yeah, because Pac-12, they, yeah, they were up they in the year too. No one knew what they were going to do. And uh, I think he just made a decision to uh, focus on baseball. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then the nine Fresno State players on the roster. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to talk just about a couple of these guys. Um, so Jalen Cropper. Uh, sophomore receiver uh, from Buchanan, played Buchanan his senior year. Before that, he was at Sanger. Rodney Wright III, the freshman wide receiver at Clovis West. Uh, Clive Trushel, sophomore offensive line from Clovis West. Matthew Sanchez, freshman DB at Clovis High. He's, he was a preferred walk-on last year. He's a stud receiver, so it looks like they moved into DB. CJ Jones, who we watched mm-hmm. a lot of CJ over the last oh, yeah. three years or so, one of our favorites. So CJ is a freshman DB. 
from Buchanan. Jason Diaz Jr. is a senior DB from Clovis West. I think he played at San Jose City College. Yeah, so he's a junior college transfer, um, I believe. Uh, Tanner Rice, senior linebacker from Clovis High. Ironically, he was in that uh, Valley Championship game in 2015 when they yep. played uh, Liberty. Jordan, and Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so Tanner was an excellent linebacker at Clovis High. Um, playing on some special teams. I've seen him out there. And then Tanner, uh, Tanner Blount from uh, Buchanan. He's a freshman. Uh, I think he redshirted last year. And I remember seeing him on the field uh, at Buchanan playing some free safety. I'm like, that dude looks like a D1 dude. And at, I think at first, he didn't have any... Well, he didn't have any offers. He didn't have no, any D1 he, offers. he walked on. Um, he always was super physical. He kind of played safety. He rolled up and played linebacker a little bit. He ran the ball. I loved when mm -hmm. he ran the ball because he would just look to just run people over um he's a super physical player and i don't think he'll, he i don't think he's getting much playing time this year as a redshirt freshman but i I'd, I'd say keep your eye on him moving forward he did make a tackle did he he did make a tackle on special teams oh yep. there we go yes so, there so, we go yeah and then grant lake freshman wide receiver from clovis high he's a walk-on as well so yeah so those are the nine nine fresno state players that are on the roster uh from clovis unified so yeah i, I think I think out of all those, obviously Jalen is is the headliner there. He's for sure the headliner. Um, he's one. He was one of their best players last year as a freshman, and I'm waiting for Fresno State to get the ball to him more this year. <laughs> I see him go jet sweep motion all the time, but that dude is explosive with the ball in his hands, and I would like to see Fresno State get him the ball more. I think we all would, Austin. Yes, I think we're all clamoring oh, yeah. for that. I see it on the on the Twitter, the Twitter universe, the Twitterverse. Uh -huh. People are wanting uh, Jalen Cropper to, to get the rock a little bit more than, than what he has. Um, any other uh, any other guys you want to highlight there or want to add anything? I think we're good. Um, yeah, I can't think of any more, anybody else. I I would I've been waiting for Rodney to get on the field. It'd be nice to see him. He uh, what's this? His third year? Yeah, yeah, his third year in the program. Um, I think he's he's he his skills are good enough. He's fast enough. He's physical enough. So hopefully hopefully they can uh, find a way for Rodney to get on the field. But everybody else I think is uh, they're a little they're young. They're getting they're making their way kind of on special teams yeah. and working their way up right now. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Those, there's there's a lowdown right there of some Clovis Unified grads that are playing D1 football. Hopefully you're like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I didn't know that so and so was was at that school. So mm -hmm. so now you know. So keep an eye on those guys. You know. Check them out on, you know, Google their names and see if they did anything, you know, last game and, and, and follow follow what they're doing at those schools. So, yeah, we're happy for those guys playing uh, playing D1 football. It's not easy, Austin. It's not oh, easy to play. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about it because I didn't <laughs> play, but I know it's not easy. No. Okay. All right. So, Austin, we, we would joke when we make our videos, right? Because sometimes... Sometimes we make our videos last year, and uh, we 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 didn't know how long they would last, and then we kind of did an over under right on on our videos, right? And so coming in this first podcast, the the maiden voyage, yes, we had some great material to talk about, and only moving forward, I think we're only have more material to talk about. Yes, that's the idea. And I remember you you gave kind of a rough number to my wife about how long this podcast was going to last. And I think you said 30. I said this would probably be about 30-minute intro podcast. And I, I don't have the official time because my uh, garage man counts in <laughs> seconds, unfortunately. But I know we're at 1,913 seconds. Okay, I can't And I know that that's quick. way longer than 30 minutes. Way longer than 30 minutes, guys. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... We're, we're, we're excited about this. I think this is a good medium to get information out to out to our listeners i think i think this is this is going to be a, a great thing this is going to be a great thing for our kids in the valley um i think it's going to be a, a great thing for for parents uh to be informed so i don't know i we're going to keep doing this Austin. Yeah. I, I think i think this is going to be a great thing moving forward like i said we're going to have more content especially when games get going we're going to break down teams we're going to break down games um Hopefully, we're going to bring in some coaches and get some perspectives there and, and take some deep dives there. But we're super excited about this. So follow us on, on social media, for sure, 
at Paul Metters, at A underscore underscore Kemp, and then the official Clovis Sports Report Twitter accounts. But we also have our website. Our website still has all of our stories archived. So go to clovissportsreport.com. Could go back and watch some of our some of our videos. We did a couple cool things this last summer with with some baseball things. We've we've written about um, players are committed to D1 uh, schools that are about to sign some uh, some of their letters of intent in the next month or two, um, or the next couple of days. I yep. should say. Yep. So we'll get into those guys later. We want definitely shine a light on on the players that are going to college. Um, but yeah, this is. This is going to be a fun deal, Austin, and you know our, I think our personalities are going to shine, and and uh, I think we're and it's just having a conversation. I mean, I'm just yeah. looking across, and you know we got some action figures, Star Wars action figures in the background, but you know this is this is good content. I think it's laid back. It's for me just like a little bit more natural than doing a video. So um, I think as we keep making episodes, we'll keep gelling, and it's just going to get better and better. So, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening, especially if you've made it this far, man. I mean, yeah, I what, know. maybe we could send the people a shirt or something. Or yeah, Dion, uh, tweet us on Twitter if uh, <laughs> if you made it this far, and we'll, we'll do something special. Well, for maybe you. we should give, like, a code word out right now. Like, if you can tweet out this code word. All right, tweet, tweet at myself or Paul. Tweet. Um, you got a word? T- no, tweet 2,000 seconds. Okay. There you go. There we go. The number 2,000 and then the word seconds afterwards. Is that what we're at? That's what we're at. 2,000. The code word is 2,000 seconds. Huh. There we go. Okay. We'll get you something special if you guys can do that. So that means that you you lasted to the 2,000. We're going to be like a 2,000 second club. Yeah. Something like that. For sure. Okay. So thanks, guys, for listening. This is, this is going to be fun. Uh, this is going to be something that we're going to do, I think, once a week. Yeah, and we might go more once like the the like seasons actually kind of get going. All right, guys. Until next time, I'm Paul Metters, Austin Kemp. We got some cool outgoing music too that's gonna that's gonna start up. So thanks for listening to the Clovis Sports Report podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon.